everyone, and welcome back to Agents of Damned, our Let's Play D&D podcast featuring myself, your sometimes benevolent, often malevolent dungeon master, Jordan Roman. And as always, I am joined by my fellow players. Hi guys, I'm Katie, and I play the currently unconscious safe. Hey everyone, I'm Christina, and I play the wonderful Winterra. And I'm Drew McLean, and by Bahamut's crazy cantaloupe encampment, I play the good Dr. Arlo Egan. I'm sorry, wait, what? what? I have lots of questions. Cantaloupe encampment. I'm starting to run yes. out of them. <laughs> okay, Drew, I, I got thought, sour I could, news I for I you, my friend. We're not quite near the end yet. Everyone just be like, oh, that was a little bit lackluster, but we'll move on. No, we gotta sit on it. I'm running out, okay? <laughs> I, I had the list. I'm near the end of the list. These are the oh ones that weren't as good. <laughs> I got some and bad news there. for you, my friend. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go back to the list. I'm gonna update the list. But right now, we're at the end of the first list that I made, and it's the ones that are less oh good. All right, crazy cantaloupe encampment. Fair, fair enough. There's a encampment of cantaloupes. They're refugees from the Great Fruit Wars because everyone only kind of like, sort of likes cantaloupe, but not really. And so they had I no real allies. Absolutely not making this canon. <laughs> anyway, I feel like you're okay, though, because Jordan has some, some information to share with everyone about some words he made up. Oh, yes. So it's okay. Oh, good. Okay, now, now in my defense, as I had <laughs> stated in both episodes that this happened, I was basing what I believed was called a cartouche off of a Dairy Queen ad I saw years ago and did not bother to look up what it was actually called. I owe that. That was my mistake. What is it actually called again? A cloche. Cloche. Okay. Well, we're past that point, so it is a word I will probably never use again, and it's just <laughs> immortalized in my ignorance. Big Betty just I calls them cartouches and is very adamant that is what they are called. I wouldn't I wouldn't say ignorance, I would say naivete. Potato potato in this instance. I would say accoutrement. <laughs> That's a callback to episode one, boy. <laughs> Who doesn't remember shit what now? What a throwback. What a throwback to episode one. Jesus Christ. <laughs> anyway. How about a recap? Yeah, all right. Yes, please. Last time, the agents were forced to endure Big Betty's most vile feast. The spicy Suna Endurance Course. While Winterra and Bookworm quickly succumb to the wretched food, Arlo and Saith manage to survive the culinary offering and pass the trial for everyone. The team was granted a momentary reprieve afterwards to rest their wounds, both psychological and gastrointestinal. As they made their way into the fifth trial, they were greeted by a foul-mouthed girl that insisted on fighting them. However, things quickly turned dire as Modi revealed himself to be Asmodeus himself, as he unleashed Saith's final boon to corrupt her body and possess it. Arlo, Winterra, and Bookworm were forced to fend off a devilish Saith, who herself was battling with Asmodeus in her own mind. Thanks to Arlo's magic and the unwillingness to harm a friend, Saith was able to drive out Asmodeus before falling unconscious. And thus, we resume our tale. 
safe. Yo. You are still presently unconscious. You find yourself stirring about in your sleep, and you start to feel a push on your shoulder as you hear a gentle voice whispering to you. Save. 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 Save, wake up. And as you hear that, you wake up. You find yourself right where you remember being. In your room. You see a kindly older woman looking down at you. And you know that this woman's name is Griselda. You've been living with Griselda for quite some time. And it's been a very peaceful life ever since you came here after... Uh, what was it? Oh well, nothing important, probably. Griselda speaks to you and says, You've been sleeping in all morning, dear. You need to come out. Leaf is going to need help tending to the farm, and you can't do that on an empty stomach. Come on, dear. Ugh, all right, all right. Okay, fine. I'm up. You follow Griselda into the other room, where you see Leif is sitting at the table, already enjoying some of his breakfast. There is another chair available there for you. There you see a delicious homemade breakfast, eggs, toast, bacon, everything that you've come to expect from this place. As you sit down and look at your two caretakers... Saith, I need you to roll me a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Hate that. Oh, hey! Alright, well. 20? <laughs> a natural 20? Plus 7, so 27. As you look at your caretakers, a thought crosses your mind. No. This is wrong. This, this isn't how it was. You were there for a while, but it didn't last. Lightning strikes outside, and suddenly it is nighttime. You are standing at the front door, hood over your head and all of your belongings in a small pack. You turn back and think to yourself... Why would you leave all of this? The small shred of happiness you've been able to find ever since. What was it? There was something, but... That's why you need to go. For whatever it was that brought you here, it was also the reason you knew you couldn't stay. And so, with a heavy heart, you opened up the door and left without a word. Arlo. Howdy. You find yourself on a stage in the heart of Dyrad Thymar, alongside several other illustrious members of the proud Tymanther Imperial Army. In front of you is a large crowd. Fellow soldiers, upper-class 
generals, and other high-ranking officers, as well as a large population of the people, come to support you and every other soldier who returned victorious. At the front of the podium, you see Komodra giving a speech. And it is thanks to these brave heroes who turned all intact, securing the routes we needed in order to defend our home from these vile trolls. And we are here especially to honor one who showed exceptional bravery. My son, Arlo Aegon. She motions for you and you happily come up. And as you take your place next to your mother at the stage, I now need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Oh boy. Uh, let's see if my wisdom saving throw bonus. I hope it isn't bad in some kind of a way. Probably not that great. You're only a cleric. <laughs> oh yeah, it's only a plus eight, so that's just going to be a dirty 20. Ah, dang. So close, but it passes. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, just a dirty 20. As you look your mother in the eye, you think to yourself, this isn't what happened. This is wrong. Suddenly, you find yourself not on the stage, but rather in the audience, watching a lone Komodra giving a very different version of that speech. Before, she was beaming with pride, but now, as you truly remembered it, she looks sullen, crestfallen, depressed. With a heavy heart, she speaks and says, Given the events of this most recent mission, it is with a heavy heart that I must declare myself and every member of the Aegon clan is effectively removed from active military service. We will support the Empire in any way that we can, but we have paid our dues. And she turns and walks away. You look to your aunt who is next to you, and she is flush with anger and confusion at what just happened. As everything you thought your life was going to be was just upended in a sentence. Quintera. Mm-hmm. You find yourself asleep. You're just enjoying a nice nap. A gentle outdoor breeze brushes through your fur, but doesn't wake you. What does wake you is the sudden pain in your stomach as a small creature lands on top of you. Tara, Tara, wake up, wake up, wake up! We gotta play, we gotta play, we gotta play! Oh, oh. Okay, I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. You wake up, and you are in the middle of the chrysanthemum field, just where you had been when you followed young Oliver here. He said that he had something he wanted to show you and Erwin, but you had no idea what it specifically was, and 
what he showed you was this beautiful botanical area. You guys had played there for a little bit, but as children do, got tired and fell down, went for a nap. Of course, Oliver, being the youngest of the three of you, has more boundless energy than anyone and recovered the fastest. Erwin is also there, stirring himself awake as well. Ugh, Holly, come on, man. We've been playing all day. Can't you chill for, like, I don't know, a second? No, 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 no! We gotta play, we gotta play, we gotta play! This place is awesome! And as your brothers are at ends on whether or not they should play or continue to nap, I need you to roll a wisdom saving throw. Ooh, 26. You see all this happening, and you have this weird feeling in the pit of your stomach. Something bad is about to happen. But you can't quite remember what, and you can't quite figure out where this feeling comes from. And then, out of the corner of your eye, you see a figure standing at the edge of this clearing. You see part of their hand exposed, glimmering with golden scales as they breathe in and blow flames into the area, causing it to light up. You are all suddenly engulfed in these flames as this mysterious figure turns and leaves for you to fend for yourselves. Back to safe. Yay! You now find yourself sitting in the back of a carriage. You're sitting out the back, just sort of staring out into nothing, trying to piece together the small refuge of a plan that you have to figure out what... What was it? It was something, but just can't place it. Then suddenly you feel a heavy hand on your shoulder. You look up, and you see this orcish man, Niltak. What's wrong, little one? You seem to be deep in thought. I... You know, I'm not really sure. Uh... You were about the same when you first came aboard with us. But I am sure whatever it is, you will be capable of handling it. After all, there aren't many who would dare cross someone who named themselves after carnivorous fish that all men fear. I also just thought it was pretty. <laughs> uh, that's what I like about you, Saith. Well, try not to get too lost in your thoughts. And as he places his hand on your shoulder again for another reassuring pat, I need you to once again roll a wisdom save. I... I should stick with the blood dice. Alright, that's a... Nine. You done goofed. I done did goofed. 
as Niltak reassures you that you will find whatever answer it is you're looking for, you stare off into the sunset and ride off. Arlo. You are now in your home after the long day that you've had after your mother's announcement. You still haven't faced her about it. You're just lying in your bed wondering how on earth you're going to handle this. How everything has changed. And you feel a hand on your chest. You look over and you see this older blue dragonborn. Oh, God. Azura Ryu. Your wife. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Going with it. Hey, honey, I'm... I, I assume you heard about the announcement. Of course I was there. Everyone was. It's just... Uh, how can she give up like that and just... Make everything that happened mean nothing? I don't know, but... I'm, I'm sure she had her reason for whatever it was. And as you hear that, you think... What was the reason? Why would she just give up like that? Was it... <sighs> Something must have happened, but... Whatever it is, you can't place it. And as you attempt to wrap your mind around what it was and look into your wife's eyes, I need you to roll me another wisdom save. That one's gonna be an 18. As you look into her eyes, you think to yourself... Wait, we didn't get married. No, she wasn't willing to commit the same way I was. This, this isn't what happened. And suddenly you are no longer in your own home, but rather you and Snapdra are going up to the office of Komodra, who is packing up her things. Snapdra is the first one to enter. You have always been a little apprehensive about facing your mother, but your aunt has no such hesitations. What the hell was that? You think you could just go out there and declare that for all of us? Look, I don't give a damn about how you feel about this whole thing, but that is not your place to call out all of us like that. Funny, from where I'm standing, as the head of the Aegon clan... It actually is. And I have lost too much as it is. You are not going to be another body I need to bury. Joke's on you. I'm too important. Stealth Squad needs me. What, you think they're just going to find someone else to run it? Nah. I am going to fight this to my dying breath. You are not getting us out of that game. Komodra begins to look flustered by this, and she says, Fine. You want to go out there and risk your life? You do that. Don't expect me to say anything at your funeral. But 
Arlo is not going out there. He doesn't have that excuse that you do. Arlo, like, looks like he, like, kind of raises his hand to, like, make a response and, like, meets his mother's eyes and fully buckles. He's never, ever been able to stand up to her. The second you even look at her, she points a finger to you as if to say, quiet. He kind of, like, God, Arlo doesn't have ears, but, like, like if he had ears, they would, like, droop down. <laughs> Oh, he's kind of like his imaginary ears. Yeah, that, um, to, to better like, I guess to better frame it, like if you see like when someone like stands up straight and they're like they're very like broad, and when they're like not as sure of themselves, like they kind of like fold into themselves. If that makes sense, where like it's it's, it's almost like he's trying to make himself smaller to be less noticeable, and like just moves more towards the corner of the room and is quiet. As Komodra shoots you this look, Snapdra shoots one right back at Komodra and says, This is not over. I am not going to let your cowardice ruin this family. And she turns around and walks out of the room. Snapdra, on her way out, momentarily looks at you and then almost immediately looks away, ashamed that she wasn't able to do the same thing for you. Quintera, you find yourself sitting at a large wooden table just outside your family cave. All of your family is there with you. Your mother, father, two brothers, even your grandma has decided to show up for this one. You're all just having a nice family chat and this is... Largely how every night has been for you. You've been just helping to protect the forest with everyone. Spending some time with your brothers. And talking to your mother and grandmother. Everything has been pretty great, honestly. And as you look over at your family enjoying their bountiful Feast of Knees... I need you to roll another wisdom saving throw. 18. As you look out, out of the corner of your eye, you see a creature you've never seen before. This bizarre devil creature, small and secluded to the shadows, save for its glowing yellow eyes and malicious smile. And as it raises its hands, flames erupt from them as everything is engulfed in flames. The only thing you see of the creature is that sick, twisted smile. Safe. Yay. You find yourself sitting in a large audience in the middle of a circus tent. You were brought here by a friend, and you've largely been enjoying the show, despite your reluctance to admit it. 
You've seen trapeze artists do amazing acrobatics. Clowns attempt to be funny, but their awkwardness is the only real endearing thing about them, if you can call it that. And an amazing spectacle of animals, the likes of which you've never seen before. It honestly is one of the better days you've ever had. Then the ringleader comes out. He says, Thank you all so, so much for coming! It has been truly an honor to perform for you all! And now, it is time at last for our grand finale! And as he puts on this showboating display, for a brief instance, his eyes meet with yours. And as this happens, I need you to roll one final wisdom save. 18. As you're watching this man, it starts to seem eerily familiar. His jolly appearance seems to morph before your eyes into something more sinister looking. Like what one might see out of some sick carny. The ringleader speaks up and says, For my final trick, I'm going to need a volunteer. The man who brought you here raises his hand. And it is only now that you remember who this man even is. How could you have possibly forgotten? It... Varus has been with you for so long, but for some reason, you just couldn't. Varus speaks up and says, I I'd like to volunteer if, if possible. Excellent! I always love a willing volunteer. Please, come on down. She's just kind of like reaching for him like, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't fucking leave me. Where are you going? Don't worry, don't worry. It'll be fine. It's just part of the show. Var, please. I, I'm not comfortable with this. Something's not right. He puts a hand on your shoulder and says, don't worry, kid. I'm not stupid. I wouldn't do anything that dangerous. And you know that's always something he says when he's about to do something immeasurably stupid. <laughs> but it also usually calms you down because he always comes back. So he walks down towards the ringleader who says, For my final trick, I shall be granting you any one wish of your desire. So tell me, friend, what is it that you want most in this world? And Varus looks over to you in the audience and says, There's actually a friend I have. They're a little bit of the sullen type. I've, uh, I brought him here hoping I could get a smile out of him. I haven't quite gotten that yet. I was hoping you could make that happen. Oh, such a humble wish! I would love nothing more than to put a smile on a child's face. Why don't you come on down as well? A spotlight shines on you, and Varus motions for you to come down. His eyes tell you to trust him. You're reluctant at first, but you do come down. Regardless of how you feel about it, you trust Varus. He wouldn't lead you wrong. As you go down, the ringleader says, 
Now, for this wish to work, I'm going to need you both to hold hands and look at each other. Only your happiness can transfer to her and make her smile as you so desire. You both do this, and he says, Now, repeat after me. I wish I may, I wish I might. I, 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 I wish, wish I, I may. may. I wish I, wish I, I might. might. Have my one wish granted tonight. Have, Have my, my one, one wish, wish granted, granted tonight. tonight. And so I say with stars alight. And, and so, so I say, I say with, with stars, stars alight. alight. My wish be granted. And I give my life the st- Wait. And a sword plunges through Varus's chest. No! His blood splatters on your face. Dude, it's safe screams. I mean, fucking bloody murder. I mean, this- it, She's devastated. <laughs> I always love it when people are so selfless! You have paid your price, my friend, and now I shall uphold my end of the bargain. He pulls the sword out as Varus's lifeless body plummets to the floor. And before you could even move, this man's hand is pressed against your mouth. The blood that splattered on smearing against it. I believe I promised to put a smile on your face. And I am a man. Of my word. <laughs> you feel immense pain as a dark magic begins to envelop you. It is unbearable pain as you scream out, muffled by this man's hands. And as he releases you, and you begin to lose consciousness, the last two sensations you feel are... The sight of Varus's lifeless body. End of the feeling of your cheeks stretching outward. Someone might assume this would have normally been the end of say story, but we know that's not the case. Years later, after traveling with Niltak, spending some time with Griselda and Leif, you eventually found yourself in the city of Nightwatch, under the temporary employ of a vampire at the Bounty Hunting Guild. He had called you in because he had an interesting offer for you. As you enter Laotian's office, he greets you with the same coy smile that he always does. Saith, my dear, it is always so good to see your wondrous smiling face. Mm, do you have to point it out every time? I don't see any harm in not. Besides, I have a proposal for you I think you might be interested in. Alright, what, what do you have for me this time? Not the usual sort of job. This is more of a long-term assignment, if you will. Tell me, are you familiar with an organization known as Damned? Yeah, I've seen them around. It's impressive that you have. They try not to make a note of themselves. 
but that's why I think you'll be exceptional for this. You see, as you know, I tend to operate in a bit of a grey area. So, I feel it might be beneficial for me to have someone... in on the government, if you understand. Okay. I would like you to join this organization. But of course, not for free, not for free. That would be a horrible business proposition. So here's what I will offer you. If you do this for me, I will use all of my available resources to find this wayward circus of yours. Do we have a deal? Yes, absolutely. And as you sealed the deal with a handshake, that was the moment that would change Sate's life forever. Arlo, you find yourself at the bar in a tavern. You're holding your drink and just wondering what's going to happen to you now. I mean, you completed your mission, so why would anything be wrong? But Mother is pretty adamant on this. As you're nursing your drink, trying to sort through your thoughts, you feel a hand on your shoulder. You look over, and you see a familiar red dragonborn. Hello, my son. What seems to be troubling you? I... I'm not sure. Something just feels... wrong. But... What am I supposed to do from here? I wish I had the answer for you. Your mother is acting strange. The mission could have gone better, but she took it very personally. I am sure we will be able to figure something out. Just just let me talk to her. Yeah, I mean, you're always good at that. I, I've never really known how. She can be an intimidating woman, but... It is just a front that she puts up. Deep down, she truly does care. She wouldn't have done this if she didn't. I'll have to take your word for it. She never wants to listen to anything I say. He sort of shakes you from the shoulder and says, Do not worry. Have I ever let you down before? Nah. You've always been there. Exactly. I won't let you down now. Just trust me. And as your father holds up a glass to toast, I need you to roll your final wisdom saving throw. You're a bad person, Jordan. I know. <laughs> you have problems. You have problems in your internal parts. Roll it. It's <laughs> a so fucking 19 on the die, so eat my ass. <laughs> I didn't say I wanted you to fail. You lift your glass to meet with Jacobs, and just before you meet, you stop, and you realize why your mother was the way she was. You look at your father and realize you're not here. This isn't what happened. You died on that mission. That was 
why Komodra was like that. Because she had lost him and didn't want to lose you too. Suddenly the figure next to you changes. And you are now sitting next to Snapdra. As she attempts to console you on both the loss of your father as well as your military status. She just like what you would remember it had just promised to be able to help you but you knew that wasn't going to happen. Not after a loss that devastating. Snapdra stares into her drink and says, Look, I... I can't promise you I'll be able to talk any sense into her. I wish I had an answer for you on what it is you should do from here, but I just... She's got a powerful reach here. Her influence is unlike most because of her accomplishments, so it'll be tricky. But I promise you this. This is not the end for you, alright? It's... I'll figure out something, but this... It's what she said, and so it's what we have to do, and it's... This is my fault anyway. It is not your fault, alright? Arlo, like, pounds his fist on the bar. It is... It, it, it is! You weren't... You weren't there. You don't know what happened. I... I knew. I knew I should have gone back. I knew that regardless of what orders were, that he should have had more help. And he... I know what kind of man my father is. I I know that he would give his life for others. I knew that about him, and I knew the direness of the situation they could have been walking into, and I just chose to do what I was told like I like I always do. It is my fault. And I have to do something to make this mean something. Snapdra looks at you, searching for the words to say, but comes up short. She looks down into her drink and has a sudden sweep of inspiration come across her face. You yourself are too downtrodden to notice this. But then Snapdra begins to speak again. Well, it's definitely not going to be easy. I mean... The influence that your mother has, you'd pretty much have to operate outside of the Empire. I mean, the most you could do here would be like, I don't know, setting up a small clinic in some remote area where she would probably never go to. She'd know you'd be safe and probably wouldn't look into it that much, but as far as making any real change, I mean, you'd have to go somewhere where she doesn't have that kind of influence. Like, I don't know, damned or something. Hmm. Damned. Oh, no, for, forget I said that. You wouldn't like them. They're real boring. They, ju they just do that thing where, like, they go and make sure bad things don't happen. Just, you know, real preventative stuff. It, it'd be boring for you. You wouldn't like it. Hmm. But maybe I would like it. Nah, nah, trust me. You'd be better off just doing that clinic thing. Trust me on that. 
and as she takes a sip of her drink while side-eyeing an Arlo Aegon in the midst of plotting. Arlo is so smart and so stupid all at the same time. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Arlo himself had resolved within himself to take matters into his own hands. Wintera. Mm-hmm. You are walking through your forest. And next to you is Bookworm. You decided to bring her over and show her what your forest is like. You guys have been very close ever since... Um... Where did you meet her? Oh well, probably not important. You just know that you enjoy getting to spend time with her. You feel a breeze rush past you, and you hear, You have a really beautiful forest. It reminds me a lot of mine. We'll have to visit your forest sometime, and you can show me around. I like that. It's actually just to the south of here. It's a lot bigger. Like, the trees are all bigger, the animals, everything is just bigger. That's okay. I don't... I don't mind. That's good. I... I really enjoy getting to spend time with you like this. Me too. I... I don't think I've ever felt this close with anyone outside my family before. Me neither. And as you two have this exchange, I now need you to roll your final wisdom saving throw. Okay. Good. <laughs> that was a good roll. 26. As you have this conversation with her, you suddenly remember you didn't bring her to your forest like this. You met her at, at Damned. When you went there after Oliver's death, you remember meeting her, spending some time, and then just before you guys came out here to help her, she dragged you into a room while invisible. And for some reason, that one detail lingers with you. Her ability to turn invisible. And all the times you weren't with her. And suddenly another thought enters your mind. Has she been watching me? Suddenly, all three of you are enveloped in a green light as you are all brought back to the main room where you all started. The gaps in your memories refill as you guys realize just after Saith had fallen unconscious in the previous trial, you were all immediately teleported into the next trial, which you have all cleared. 
You are surrounded once again by the Fey Lords as they all give you an approving golf clap applause. Titania approaches you all and says, Congratulations! You have all passed the trials of the Fey! With that, we would like to especially congratulate those of you who received the blessing during your trials. Congratulations, Arlo. Uh, Arlo is visibly shaken from everything that happened during the memories. Like, it should be impossible for him to look pale, but he does look, like, pale. Wintera, as you hear that declaration and realize that because of the long pause, only Arlo got it, you begin to wonder to yourself, wait, why did only he get it? That I'm the one who made the deal. I should... I have the closest ties to the Fey. Why would... Why would only he get it? But you soon brush that thought off as Titania comes up to you and to all of you and says, So, now that you have received the blessing, you will be able to locate our lost shepherd. We assume somewhere in the material plane, as that would be the most logical place for them to be. It is not a terribly urgent matter, so you may take your time here if you would all like. However, once you return, we would encourage you to begin your search post-haste. Okay, what else can you tell us about this this missing person? You keep calling them your your lost shepherd. Why? why? Where, where is this word coming from? Well, truth be told, that's just what we remember about them. They, we knew that they were our shepherd, but beyond that... We remember nothing, which is why we know they are lost, even to our memories. Wintero looks around very frantically, and she's looking for her grandmother or for her grandmother and Oliver. Arlo and Oliver are both there over to the side. Arlo is kind of like keeping Oliver restrained, who is trying to like run up to you guys, but she also recognizes that this is kind of an important ceremony and is trying to, like, hold him back a little bit. <laughs> I'm imagining she's, like, holding him, like, underneath his arms and his, like, legs are just, like, running, like, cartoon style in the air. <laughs> Aww. Aww, like, when yeah. you, like when you put a dog over a pool of water. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you can see that they are, in fact, fine. Okay. She's gonna go, she's gonna go say words to them in a minute, but she turns back over to the lords and ladies and she says, so, you don't remember anything about this person. You just remember they are called a shepherd. You don't know why they are called a shepherd. They could be anywhere on the material plane. We need to find them in some immediate fashion, and we have no general time frame other than hopefully soon. Yes, couldn't have said it better myself. I'd like to leave the Feywild now. Aren't you still unconscious? <laughs> no, you're all awake. Okay. The, sh- the safe pop up from the floor, and the first thing she says is, I would like to leave the Feywild. <laughs> like, her hair is all messed up, like, one eye is half closed. Like, I would like to leave the Feywild now. Is Modi around? Like, is Modi there? He's on your shoulder, grinning at you. 
something something Cheshire Cat. <sighs> okay, well, <sighs> we. We have so many things that we have to keep track of. And she says that she's turning to like look at Arlo and Saith and gives Modi the dirtiest look Wintera has ever given a creature in her entire life before she walks over to go and scoops up Oliver and puts him on her back. And she's like looking at her grandmother and says, do you know anything else since you're not initially from here? They haven't really told me much. This only kind of became an issue when... They forgot, and I never met the shepherd. It, I, I just came over, and they said they would send someone else. I never got to meet the person. Guys, what if, what if their shepherd's not lost? What do you, what do you mean? What if he just changed? What if we know who it is? Say, I, I can't deal with riddles right now. What are you talking about? Bookworm! What? What if their shepherd is Bookworm? Bookworm's in that room, by the way. So she looks at you very shocked as you say that. Not you, Bookworm. She looks horrified as you say that. Oh, damn. I think we know exactly who the shepherd is. Oh, excellent. Can you bring them to us? We're going to need a minute and um, the location of your nearest liquor store or wine cellar for <laughs> personal reasons, please. We know you have whiskey, don't lie. I do not have enough for what I require to treat this internal wound. Speaking of which, Saith is just like, fucking give me, give me something. Give me something. Arlo is full swatting your hands away like, these are mine. These are mine. <laughs> Sharing time is over. I don't have time for either of you right now. I can't handle any of you. And she looks at her grandmother and is also giving her another dirty look. And she's just like, the river of time is never constant. And you need to speak with my mother sooner than later before something happens that things aren't going to be able to change, especially with what's going on right now over in our plane. We need to get back and figure things out. Uh, uh, okay, I can... Open the portal immediately. That's quite all right. And she uh, makes her way out of the room. You all follow Audelo to the center of town where there is a fountain. The same one that you all initially came out of. She places her hand on the water's surface and the portal opens once more and says, I'm going to need to stay here for the time being. I was only allowed to come over just to get you. Um, so maybe next time Otolo, I'll speak with... It's... I... Safe is actually like tearing up. It's something you guys have never seen. Arlo puts a hand on your shoulder. Arlo, the time is right now. I don't think you understand what your family is going through. They need you, Arlo, more than ever. I I don't know how I can explain to you. I 
I don't understand how a mother, how a grandmother can. I have to go. We we have to leave. I couldn't have said it better, Seth. Arlo looks and says nothing as she opens her mouth to speak, but no sound escapes. You all go through the portal and return back to the material plane. Once you all are back in the material plane proper, you all have a moment to gather yourselves. And then Arlo, your speaking stone goes off. Uh, Arlo answers it. Um, hello? Hello? Miss, 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 uh, sorry, uh, Dr. Aegon? You've reached the office of the good Dr. Arlo Aegon. Uh, please leave a message after the beep. Beep! Oh, God, I hate these things. Um, hi, this is Niavara, uh, Niavara Yaldrin. You called me earlier. Um, I was just trying to return your call. Niavara, uh, Niavara, it's me. I was was doing a bit. Why would the beep sound exactly like my voice? You know, hadn't thought about that, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Is everything okay, Niavara? Oh, yes, no, everything's fine, everything's fine. I just got your message about how you needed Granifor. Um... Why? Um, so, I know Granifor is a very chill man right now, and he has uh, important uh, things to attend to as far as uh, keeping the town safe. However, we believe that there is a danger to the town, and um, as far as the current forces that we have, we might be a little bit short-handed. So we needed someone who could uh, be described as uh, uh, hella powerful. So we, uh reached out to uh, you and to uh, uh, to Granifor because uh, we uh, we need help because there's uh, there's crazy shit going down yet again honestly uh, you guys should uh, keep a, a better eye on that but that's that's neither here nor there oh okay so so you called because you needed someone powerful and so you wanted Granifor specifically okay uh, got it uh, roll insight <laughs> she's hurt poor thing uh, that's a 16. <laughs> she was kind of hurt that you didn't ask for her as well. <laughs> uh, oh, also, by the way, I mean, you know, we would have asked for you, but, like, you know, I think we all know who, like, you know, the brains of that outfit is. We don't want to put you in danger. Oh, of course. I, I knew that. That's why I didn't bring it up. Um, <laughs> like, slight, like, very quietly, but still very, like, heard through the phone. Yes, saved it. Oh my god. She does not react to that. Seth has just walked several paces away and is just standing with her head in her hands. So, uh, unfortunately, I didn't quite realize what the nature of it was, but it did sound urgent. Uh, Grandfort is quite busy, uh, you know, opening up new areas, cutting ribbons. He loves cutting ribbons. But I, I did send someone that I thought might be able to help. And you will hear from above you. <laughs> As from the smoke of the impact. Oh my god. You hear successful landing. Excellent. How oh did god. I know? 
From the second I heard the screaming start from far away and get closer, as if impact to the ground, I knew. <laughs> I, I knew it was going to happen before we even got that far. Let's be real. <laughs> I only have so many characters here. Sifo stumbles out from the rubble. It's like, ah, excellent. I found exactly where you all were. Good to see you again. Convenient. Right? Well, if it ain't Sim Sibo. Ooh, I like that. He pulls out a notepad and jots that down. I'm kind of a weird with nicknames. Indeed you are. Back on speed, so here. Um, okay, good. No, he arrived. Um, hopefully he can handle things. If not, give me a call back. Uh, anyway, I have... I'm kind of booked for the rest of the day with Grand Four. Uh, best of luck uh, saving us from not dying. Uh, okay, bye. And it goes dead. When Tara very quickly walks over and gives him a look and is looking very much down on him and says, any of your contraptions set my forest or any of the nearby forests on fire, regardless of how alive they are, we are going to have so many words. Do they noted? You look angrier than the last time I saw you. There's a lot happening. Again, do they noted? As soon as he says, like, you look angrier than last time. Oh, like, peeks from, like, behind when Taryn does that little, like, that hand signal to me, like, don't, don't do like, it. do shut not. Up, shut like, up, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, how can I be of assistance to you all? Are we currently back at the lake? Where, where are we at right now? You guys are at the material, like, at the portal from your forest. Okay. Well, currently, we have just recently learned that, A, those Sneeple that were in your town before are somewhere in the nearby area. We don't know where. B, the Forest of Lost Giants, which had some type of destruction happen previously, that borders this forest, currently has several corpse flowers and a possible necromantic hand that I don't know how we're supposed to fight. If you know anything about any of those things, any information would be greatly helpful. This is the first I've heard on any of this. Of course. At this point, uh, Bookworm taps on one of, um, I'll say Saith's shoulder since she's the one who's most proficient with sign language. And she begins to sign and Arlo, roll me an intelligence check to see how much you pick up. Matera, I want you to just roll me a d20 real quick. I mean, she does spend enough time around the girl. I'm sure she'd pick something up. I pick up six. Ten. So it's a little bit too complicated for either Arlo or obviously Matera to be able to pick up on. Uh, but say you understand that Bookworm has just signed. I think I know where we need to begin our search. Bookworm knows something. Arlo looks at the hand sign and says, Yeah, but where would we find a haberdasher at this hour? <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm not even going to dignify that with a response. You also note it is very early in the day. It almost seems like virtually no time has passed from your time in the Feywild. <laughs> and we're already fucking exhausted. Yep. We should take some manner of a rest. We should have rested while we were in the Feywild. Yeah, probably. Can we say that we rested while we were in the Feywild and time is all different and shit? I'll say you guys are fine. Yeah. Yay. But Bookworm continues to sign and she says, I think we need to find 
bookworm's old lab. And that is where we shall pause our tale for now. Hello everyone, this is your sometimes benevolent, often malevolent dungeon master, Jordan Roman, here with a few post-episode announcements. Make sure you stick through these, uh, as we do have some bloopers that didn't quite make it into the episode, but that were too good to not share with the world. Before then, we just want to encourage everyone to head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash agentsofdamned, where you can get access to episodes an entire week early, as well as an aftershow, peek behind the screen, where we talk about the episode that just happened and get some more in-depth thoughts and opinions, as well as a new segment, Tales Of, where we go into special stories about the people of Damned, other than our main cast. We also have a website at wordpress.com slash agentsofdamned or agentsofdamned.com where you can find out bios about the cast, get full transcriptions of all of our episodes, as well as a link to our merch store. That's right, we have merch for our seasons one and two logos. If you want to check that out, just head on over either to our website or over to tpublic.com slash user slash AOD. If you'd like to follow us a little bit more personally, then you can follow us on our Facebook at AOD and Twitter at Agents of D. Alternatively, you can also follow us personally on our Twitters, me at Pokechap, Christina at Krikachu, and Kiggy at Missy Mystery. M-Y-S-S-Y Mystery. Drew is still a loser who doesn't have a Twitter. If you want to talk to us a little bit more one-on-one, -on -one, or even as part of our own community, then you can chat with us on our Discord at AOD. It is fully open to the public, even with a special Patreon-only channel. So if you want to get some of those sick deets, you can do that. Finally, I've started doing a Twitch stream. I do it fairly irregularly, usually about two to three times a week, depending on my schedule. Currently, we are taking a brief break from my damageless Pokemon run from Pokemon Red while I level everyone up to high hell and playing Indivisible, so check that out if you want to see me not behind a screen, but rather, well, behind a different screen. You can watch all of that over at twitch.tv slash AODcast. Till next time, bye! some oaf? Do you see anything that you like? Hmm. I mean, I guess there's some good stuff here, but I don't know. It's all too prissy for my taste. Yeah, I think it's more like for the everyman and uh, doesn't sacrifice on comfort in any way. I'm going to ignore how hurtful that comment was. Let's see. Something that is intended for any one person, but also is comfortable. I'm going to do something I normally wouldn't do and recommend a competitor. Have you thought about Black Feather Apparel? Who that? 
Black Feather Apparel is an online retailer that sells a wide variety of graphic tees. Hmm, I do like me a graphic tee. Not only that, but they also have several hoodies that are equally as gorgeous as they are comfortable. Alright, well, what about like my lower half? I'm glad that my upper half will be nice and comfy, but I don't want my buttocks to get all chilly. My goodness, you're so boorish. Fortunately, they also carry several different sweatpants and leggings, each as comfortable as the last. Mm. Yeah, I guess I'll go with that. Sounds like a much better fit than your crap. Where can I find them? My goodness, I hate you so much. You can find them at blackfeatherapparel.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Remember, you big stupid oaf, it's blackfeatherapparel.com. Right. Oh, wait, I mean... <laughs> yeah, that's what people are like when they're unconscious. Snoring. Arlo looks down at, like, uh, I mean, the unconscious safe, and then, like, he opens his little notebook and just puts a little tally mark in there, and if you, like, look at the notebook, it says, Times Arlo has saved safe's life. <laughs> <laughs> Do I ever get an answer about that liquor store or wine side thing? <laughs> I think when Tara kind of omitted your question okay, by yeah, saying we follow, no. We follow. <laughs> I mean, if you want, I can go into that. <laughs> no, we follow her grandmother. Oh, I hate you. Okay, continue. <laughs> and it's a regular circus and everything's fine. The end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Jesus fucking Christ, Jordan. Wow. No kidding. That was a lot. Go to jail. Go to an actual prison. Go to an actual prison. Knock on the front door. They're going to look at you and they're like, ah, we've been expecting you. They're going to have a special room. It's going to say Jordan on top. None of the rooms have names on them except for this one. It's going to say Jordan. Jordan Roman. The very, very mean man. Sounds like you're jacking off. Okay. I oh, okay. promise you it was not that. You can't prove it wasn't. Well, okay. Okay. You know, I don't think I need to. Okay. It's been a very long day Howdy. after. You... I'm going to break you. <laughs> okay, okay. Do not let this be the tone you set. <laughs> keep going, keep going. Five, six, picking up sticks. Why are you the way you are? I don't know. A variety of factors. None of them good. 